Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 62, Jordan Gerzma, running for City Councilor in Ward 1, recorded on September 13, 2018. Jordan Gersma, you're running for city councilor in Ward 1. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you for having me. So firstly, tell us, who is Jordan Gersma? I am 36 years old. I currently reside in Ward 4. However, I have owned a business in Ward 1 for over 10 years. I moved, uh, moved to Hamilton in 2001 uh, from Abbotsford, British Columbia, and I have called myself a proud Hamilton resident since. I've been married to my wife for five years, and we have a six-year-old son together named Lucas. Why are you running? Well, to be honest with you, the questions that were asked of me, um, this one made me think the most. I first thought I would come in here and start, you know, banging my arms on the table, as I've previously been told not to do, and talk about all of the different ways that I was going to make Hamilton a better place to live, and I was going to change this and change that. And then I reread the question, and it took on more of a personal note to me. It's why am I running? Not what are you going to do, but why are you running? And well, my reasons for that is because of how much I care for this city. And, you know, I've been here since 2001 and immediately fell in love. And the city welcomed me with open arms and I care deeply. I have a six-year-old son who I want to raise in a city that's safe and that, that he can be proud of. I own a small business that I want to be successful. And not necessarily do I need help from the city, but I also don't want to be hindered by the city with arbitrary and obsolete bylaws that sometimes they can't even explain. I can't walk or drive by a vacant lot or abandoned building in the city without thinking about how unaffordable it is for people to live and do business in Hamilton and how wasteful it is for a speculator to sit on a property until it makes financial sense to develop it when we need the space now. I am running because I'd like to communicate the ideas, opinions, and concerns that I've gathered over the last 10 years about Hamilton from many different points of view to the decision makers in this city. I've been hearing how much potential Hamilton has since I moved here, and I want to be part of ensuring that not only does it realize it, but exceeds it. Do you live in Ward 1, yes or no? No. It doesn't matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent. Uh, I think in certain cases, as somebody who does have skin in the game, as it were, in Ward 1, I would, uh, you know, that's why I'm running. But I think you need to have some sort of attachment to the word in which you run. Otherwise, I would consider that political opportunism, and I simply don't have time for that. How have you contributed to your community and our city? Well, other than donations and charitable work with some of our local charities here in Hamilton, I would say the biggest way I've contributed is to jobs in the city over the last 10 years. What are your two priorities for Ward 1 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? Two priorities for Ward 1, I call them, I guess, my top two priorities, are looking at uh, different solutions for housing in general. Uh, I would look at stiffer penalties for absentee landlords that uh, result in bylaw infractions and stricter bylaw enforcement when it comes to them. Number two, improving roads and, and sewers in the air of utmost importance, especially considering the amount of people planning on moving in in, in the next years and also with climate change. I believe in preventative maintenance and not reactive maintenance. Investing money and thought into the HSR for much-needed upgrades and efficiencies. That would include things like GPS, air conditioning, 
more efficient routes, more direct routes, and less of the milk run routes that go through the city. Uh, look at changing zoning in the city to allow for more mixed-use zoning to make more efficient use of our space. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that makes you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on city council? I think I have very good communication skills because of what I've done for a living. I can effectively communicate policy changes to my staff, as well as sometimes pricing increases to my customers. Decision-making abilities, I've also learned over the last you know, 10 years doing what I do, that sometimes you need to discern whether decision is to be made immediately or whether it deserves more thought. And I feel like I can discern between the two of those. Also, my analytical skills, financial and otherwise, where I can look at a situation and uh, decide whether or not it makes sense financially and socially. Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development, and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? Well, I would respond to concerns as such. I think that anybody who looks at the city, where it's come from and where it's going, would form the logical conclusion of where it's going population-wise. The issue is, I think, with nimbyism that's present in all wards. My job as councillor would be to work with other councillors to move past that, as well as work with the public and residents' association. I believe there are many ideal areas within Ward 1 suitable for mid-density growth projects. Ainsley Wood, near the UN Rifle Range areas, I think most so. On the north ends of Bow Street, there are spaces that I believe would be ideal. Plus, it's on an existing transit route, near grocery stores, and other shops. Town and gown tensions, a phrase coined by academics, are nearly as old as universities themselves. In one of the most famous examples, a three-day riot in Oxford resulted in 62 students and nearly as many townspeople dead in the year 1355. The Scholastica Day riot broke out after a dispute about beer in a local tavern. Luckily, town and gown conflicts today are much tamer and involve much more substantive issues. As the Ward 1 Councillor, you will be responsible for representing both town and gown. How will you effectively represent both and successfully mediate to create solutions which balance both interests? Well, this question's right up my alley. As a pub owner in Westdale, we've never had something quite as dramatic as the Scholastic Day riot. Quite the opposite, actually. A challenge I first encountered when I began working at the Snooty Fox was being known as a student bar, therefore part of the gown and at odds with the town. And a lot of the residents steered clear. This is problematic from a revenue standpoint, first of all, especially in the summer months. I've remedied this by trying to integrate the town and gown quite successfully. I've hosted trivia nights that seem to appeal to both sides, hosted Christmas parties in which I mingle my town guests as well as my gown guests. My most successful solution was bringing neighborhood musicians, one from the actual neighborhood, to come in and play, which brought them together as well as some of the students who were interested in music together. I think both sides are unhappy with the living situations which legal student housing has brought, and I think that's a very large common interest. My experience making the students feel like they're more at home and not a transient population will make them behave like neighbors in the community. One of my neighborhood regulars told me a story about when he had some kids 
probably going back 15 or 20 years ago. And he had a loud student house right next to him. And, you know, he was getting frustrated. His kids were trying to go to sleep. So his solution was to go to the local bakery and pick up 20 muffins and walk next door, knock on the door, say, hi, my name is Roy. I live next door and I brought you some muffins. Welcome to the neighborhood. He never heard another peep out of them again. I believe that behaving neighborly produces neighborly results. I believe something like a city-sponsored welcome to your home away from home block party or something of the like would uh, really bring the two communities together. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? Well, I would like to make it easier for small businesses to recycle effectively and be part of the waste collection in the city instead of having to rely on private companies. Uh, I would also like to see more regular maintenances of sewers and storm drains to prevent the constant overflow. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? Well, alluding to a previous question, I'd really like to focus on mid-density transit-oriented walkable areas in the city, and I'd like to see them get fast-tracked, as well as the mixed-use zoning to allow for it. Number two, I would like to look into upgrading the HSR fleet to electric buses. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates, such as the top three, they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? I agree with ranked ballots. I think it would eliminate the rock, paper, scissors that comes with nominees that have similar platforms. I think it would force the voter to do a little bit more research on each name on the ballot instead of just going on name recognition alone. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? I want to create a more user-friendly and open relationship between the community and City Hall. One thing I've learned owning a business is if you work hard, your staff will work hard, and your customers will respect what you do. If you don't, and I've seen it happen to other business owners, you'll lose the respect of them both. I will be at the votes, and I would love to host an AGM for Ward 1 each year, as BIAs and residents associations do, to go over the issues facing the ward. People can only become engaged with something if it's reciprocal. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager? And what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? If we as a city are truly going to commit to the strategic plan and build Hamilton to where it should be by 2025, we need a forward-thinking city manager as much as we need a forward-thinking city council. The new city manager should be able to think outside the box and open to listening to non-traditional solutions to city issues, or at least take them into consideration. It needs to be from various departments as well as the public. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? As a small business owner, my job is to allocate limited resources on a daily basis. In fact, to improve how I operate my finances, I began pursuing my accounting diploma online through McMaster last January. This has been a great addition to how I conduct business, especially when it relates to the financial health of my operation. Running a business, as I'm sure being involved in government, isn't as simple as dividing revenue up into tidy little sections. As with government and small business, something always comes up. Now you need to repair something that isn't in the budget. The art of allocation is being able to divide a consistent revenue stream with an inconsistent pool of expenses. For me, it's about reviewing various budgets regularly and looking for deficits and surpluses and where they can be moved around and how things can be made more cost-effective and efficient. My last resort as a business owner is always to raise my prices, and I stress my last resort. I find that to be a lazy problem-solving method. However, it is sometimes the only solution. The same can be said of property taxes and other taxes in the city. No one wants to pay more for the same service. And that when that is the last resort, after exhaustive research, the public, just as I do with my customers, should be informed as to why things have increased. 
it's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that has just ended. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council? And what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? Well, my answer is for both, actually. Effective, responsible, and honest. I expect the same of the people around me as I do of myself. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks that you wish to share? I have one. I hope the listeners don't turn a single issue into the reason they vote or don't vote for somebody. There are a multitude of concerns to be addressed in the city, immediately, over the next four years, and over the next decade. The purpose of an elected official, in my opinion, is to represent the entire community and to be held accountable for all decisions, both split and long-term, not just the items outlined on a specific platform. Joey, I want to thank you for what you do and for bringing attention to a variety of topics, not just the hot-button issues. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. I wish to thank the Central Branch of the Hamilton Public Library for the use of their sound studio, where we recorded this podcast. This has been Episode 62 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.